We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. Good morning and a happy Saturday to everyone. I am Pastor Matt Youngblood-Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in picturesque South St. Louis. And I am uh, Pastor Jolly John Lukomsky. Uh, if you like snow, it's pretty much picturesque up here. <laughs> Still broadcasting from Northfield, Minnesota. Uh, uh, and I've got with me Pastor Tim Shakel. Uh, who actually, now here, I want to show you. This is the kind of respect you should have for Tim. He lives here all year round. <laughs> so you want to talk about the Iron Men of Pastors. <laughs> Him and the rest of the clergy here in Minnesota. Now there, there's people that are dedicated to preaching the gospel. <laughs> A hearty group of pastors. A hearty group. And in order to give you the full Minnesota experience, Right now, Tim and I are sitting in, what, what do you call this? Is this called an ice house or a fish house? or what, what are, we're, we're sitting on the ice there at Prior Lake, Prior Lake Lake. Is that what they call it? Prior Lake Lake? Prior Lake Lake. Prior Lake Lake. We're, we're here in the fish house. Got the hole cut and we're, we're, we're fishing for walleye and we're, we're passing around the lutefisk. Hey, I said that lutefisk, would you, Tim? <laughs> I'm impressed. You have really you taken know, to this new lifestyle, John. Are you sure you're well, going to come back? Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm out of here. Trust me. The lutefisk was the, was the tipping point. That was the it. cold was bad enough. A man can only take so much. But when you walk into the store and there's lutefisk in the in the fish freezer, yeah, no, it's time to go home. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, since we were still here, I thought we would give you one the full Minnesota experience for all of our listeners here on Wrestling with the basics. Yes, very good. Okay. Is there really snow? Uh, is there is there really snow up there? Seriously? What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yes. All right. All right. In fact, how long has there been snow here, Tim? Oh, at least since November. Oh my and how goodness! How long will there be snow here, Tim? What's that? How long will there be snow here? Oh, till April. Yeah. Oh. So there you go. <laughs> oh boy, Sam, a St. Louis boy here, born and raised. I haven't really gone too far from St. Louis, so yeah, boy, that's a that's a lot of snow. I'm I'm surprised everybody hasn't packed their bags and headed south. Honest, <laughs> but he's a hearty hearty group of Lutherans up here eating their lutefisk. <laughs> you know. So Matt, what do you want to do today down there in the warmth of minute of, of uh, St. Louis? Now, there's no time for foolishness. Yeah, let's. Uh, I, we are still in the season of the church here. We call. Epiphany, okay? So I thought we would look at the account, the quintessential Epiphany account uh, that takes place uh, that concerns... Uh, the what? The what? The quintessential? <laughs> yes, yes, because it's that account of the, the Magi, right, John? <laughs> no, Lynn's, Lynn's sitting here over overhearing our conversation, and she will tell you it is the Magi. The Magi. Yes. <laughs> I always have to be reminded. Uh, yes. The Magi. But it, it is interesting because it brings up the point that 
our English Bibles, many of them, at least the English Standard Version, doesn't have Magi or Magi in it. It has, yeah. guess what? Wise men. Wise men, yeah. Wise men. But it wasn't until the 8th century that anyone started calling them wise men. Isn't that interesting? So really? it was uh, centuries after the New Testament was written that anyone starts calling them wise men. They were, no, they're Magi. They're Magi. And that's also the term that's used in the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, uh, to describe some of these guys in the Old Testament as well. So, kind of interesting. And I think that's significant because it, it sort of uh, alludes to the fact that they're not wise, at least not in terms of spiritual <laughs> wisdom and the, the the fear of the Lord. Uh, they're not wise men. No, they're, they're anything but, really, it seems like. So where did they? Where did the? Why did the Wiseman thing come up for? Do you have any idea? Why did that all of a sudden? That's a good question, and and I'm not entirely sure. But I just know that it was uh, pretty far removed from the the original New Testament, though. Um, okay, it's King James. King James have, have no. This is this is pre, yeah. I, I would. I, this is pre King James. They start using that term, uh, but okay. I would assume uh, that King James probably includes the term wise men. I it didn't. Is, gr- right. I didn't grow I, up on the King James version. I'm too young for that. I mean, uh, but but John, you probably can answer that question for us, couldn't you? <laughs> yes, 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 sir. yes, Matt, Tim. It was wise men. I remember that in my old days when I was just a young boy like you. Okay, it is wise men, by the way. Okay, thank you. All right, so so let's uh, we can dig in here and and read about these wise men, uh, these magi, these magi, uh, more accurately. And I think the the question that we want to ask ourselves as we read this is, uh, who who is included in God's plan of salvation? Uh, who is included in 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 who uh, God desires to be with Him in heaven? Uh, who is included in that? And I think the Magi uh, shed some light on it. Uh, and the other thing I want us to keep in mind is. Um, not just what happens here at the beginning of Matthew, but what happens at the end of Matthew, right? So, Matthew, so this is this is kind of cool. So, Matthew's gospel, who is it primarily written for? Who's who's what's his original audience? You might say. No, no, I would have thought, and I was taught, but maybe you're going to lead me somewhere else, and, and it'll be a, a Tim. Do jump in here too. What, what I was taught was actually for the Gentiles. The Gospel of Matthew. Yeah. All right, well, Tim. What do you guys? <laughs> I was taught the opposite. Really? <laughs> I was taught that it was uh, a Jewish, uh, because of all the references to the Old Testament and that t- type of thing. But go ahead. What is it, Matt? No, wait, wait a second. I, I, I correct my answer. <laughs> What's that? No, it is. It's written for the. It is written for the Jews. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm old. That's all right. It's a long time. Yeah. When, when I went to seminary. Yes. Yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right, Tim. Yes, it, it, all the Old Testament prophecies. It's all coming back to me now. John, is that so, your is that your final that, answer? That, that's my final answer. <laughs> okay. Well, good. I'm glad it is because yeah, it seems to be the Jews, and and for the reason that Tim mentioned, because uh, of all those Old Testament references, one after a next after the, the next is is just going back and pointing people back to how Jesus really is the Messiah, how he's the fulfillment of these things. But so I think. With that in mind, that Matthew's Gospel, written primarily for Jewish um, hearers or readers, I think it's interesting how the Gospel begins and ends. Because the Gospel begins here with the Magi, who, spoiler alert, are not Jews, are very much Gentiles. 
And it ends with that great commission, right? Uh, Matthew 28, and that going and making disciples of just the Jews. No, no, that's not what it says. What All nations, right? Go and make disciples exactly. of all nations, oh. baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So it's interesting that those that Matthew's gospel, written primarily for Jews, it seems, are, is, has this bookends, this, this admonition and this story, this account of, of the gospel being for all people and Jesus Christ coming for all people. So I so think, it, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so, yeah. say, so I think that comes to light then <laughs> as we read this account of, of the Magi. So would you like us to read part of that story? Okay, Matt, that'd be great. See, there, there's, it's not as easy as, you know, doing this at a distance, is it, John? I mean, no, it isn't, because we can't see you. I know. You can't see I us. I know, I know. You can probably smell the lutefisk, though. <laughs> so. Yeah, sadly, yes. But, okay, let's, uh, let's yeah, let's go ahead and get into Matthew chapter 2 and then start with the first few verses. You want to read, Tim, or? Just the first two verses? Now, after, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, and I'll stop there. Okay, uh, yeah. So, so he goes on and yeah, he quotes uh, Micah, uh, uh, the Old Testament that that's where the the Christ is to be born. But I, I think as we read this, just some uh, some unexpected things. Uh, just first of all, uh, Jesus is born right in Bethlehem uh, in, in Judea, uh, and then these wise men come, these magi come from the east. To Jerusalem. Uh, so first of all, who are these magi anyway? Um, they're from the east, all right? So they're they're foreigners. They're not from around Judea. They're not Jews. They're very much Gentiles, non-Jews. Uh, they are individuals who probably work in the court of a king or some kind of royalty, uh, some kind of ruler. Uh, and more than that, they're probably people that seek answers from someone other than the one true God. They look to the stars, perhaps, for answers and guidance, astrologers, or some kind of other kind of dark arts type things we could think of, and that's where they look to for guidance. So very much uh, not keepers of the first commandment, right, to, to have no other gods other than the one true God uh, and so, to trust so, in so, him. So the word magi is a Persian word, so they, they might have been from Persia. Mm -hmm. uh, on the other hand, we know for a fact that the Babylonians were really into astrology, as, as you said, seeking guidance from the stars. So, but, yeah, like I said, we know for sure they're not Jews, and they're certainly not worshipers of, of Yahweh. So they are very, very unexpected people. Uh, no one would have expected these magi to come this distance looking for the one who is, as they say, been born king of the... Jews, Jews of all things, right? And yet here they are. So why in the world, what brought them to to search out the one born king of the Jews? What brought them on this journey from the east uh, now with their first stop in Jerusalem? So, so they saw the star. They saw the star. That's what they said. Yeah. yeah so they see the star and, and who put the star there? Well, that's a right? question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I, I'm trying to throw you, <laughs> throw you slow well, in there, John. <laughs> I know. I'm assuming, I, I, as I remember the story in Genesis one, I think it was God. Right? Yeah, yeah, very Did good. Did he See, make the stars? And, and so, yeah, put so, them to be signs. It says in Genesis. Exactly. One, so, so those days yeah. of creation creates the stars, creates you know, obviously the heavens and the earth. And this star in particular, we're just not told. Was it a star that was was uh, was it a star that was part of, of creation and always in that night sky? Was it one that God highlighted somehow or something more miraculous even that guided them? Well, we just don't know. We just don't know. But um, this star is special and it guides them. But my my main point is, um, I think sometimes when we call these guys wise men, we think, well, well, they're, they're pretty smart guys. That's how they got there. And it seems to be the case that no, <laughs> the only reason they're there is because, well, God God led them there. God is revealing to them this one-born king of the Jews. He's revealing to them his son, the Savior. And I, I think, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and, and, and you know why, why the star was significant? What made them think about the star? Why that, that even struck their attention? What, John? Well, uh, so you know you know where it's coming from. It's coming from the Old yeah, Testament, the Old Testament right? sure. Yeah, Numbers, Numbers 24. I think I just looked it up here. Yeah, Numbers 24. But here's what I never realized. Because I'm wondering, why were these guys reading Numbers 24? Because <laughs> you just said they weren't followers of Yahweh. Sure. But 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 actually, you know what Numbers 24 is? It, it's the prophecy of Balaam, of the false prophet. So that's why they would have been reading it, because they probably had the works of Balaam. I'm sure every pagan had the works, <laughs> the works of Balaam of on their, their bookshelf. <laughs> So, so, so they're not even coming necessarily out of the scriptures here. They're coming because they had read this prophecy of Balaam and oh, oh yeah, I remember. Did you, do you remember that, Tim? Don't you? Balaam had something to say about the star. And yep. So I, I did not know that except for like a year ago. And I thought, well, that is super cool because I often wondered how is it that these guys know Numbers twenty-four? But check it out yourself. Numbers yeah. twenty-four. What's the verse here? Uh, verse seventeen, and it's part of that prophecy that Balaam preaches, uh, speaks, you know, when, when he's called upon to actually speak against the people of Israel. Of course, he won't do that. He can't do that. But, but anyway, yeah. there's the background to that prophecy. Yeah. And, and you know, we, we just, we don't know. We just don't know to what extent they were familiar with that. Um, and, and, you know, again, I think ultimately through that star or through even the words of the book of Numbers, uh, ultimately, it's God is the one who is, is behind all of this, right? But God is the one who's leading them intentionally to this place. So my, my main point being, God wants them there. God wants them there. He's the one who's gathering them, leading them uh, ultimately to his son, to Jesus Christ. And, and, and the big question is, is why? Why would he care? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I yeah, exactly. So I think things to wrestle with this episode is why does God care? Why does God want them there, right? And then I guess the the broader question is uh who does God want today? <laughs> you know? Uh, who does God want to bring to his son today? And I think that's a, a a valid question too. All right. Well, do you want to keep reading for now though and uh, we can explore this a little further before we uh dive into some of those other topics? Sure, I'll just read the rest. Okay, uh, I'll yeah, read it to sounds 12. good. Uh, going back to verse 5 there. They, the wise men, told Herod in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you it shall come a ruler who, was, who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly, 
and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. Behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. All right. Thanks, Tim. So they, they come. Um uh, to Jerusalem, the uh, the uh, Old Testament is consulted, but then ultimately this star then uh, reappears or continues to appear and comes to rest over the place where the child is, over the house. So Jesus is no longer a baby. He's a child, no longer in a barn, in a stable, but in a house. So this is taking place sometime after Christmas, right? Uh, up to two years or so after Christmas, this takes place. And then one thing I thought is kind of interesting too— they go in the house, right? Uh, and verse 11, they saw the child with Mary's mother and they fell down and worshiped him. I think that's him, kind of yeah. interesting. So, I mean, they're just worshiping Jesus. That's it. They're not worshiping Mary or anyone else in the house. Uh, they're just worshiping this little toddler <laughs> named Jesus. And, and, you know, it's interesting, Matt, that's what they said at the beginning. That's what they were coming to do. They wanted to worship the king of the Jews, which... That in itself is kind of striking because generally that's not what you do to kings. You you might honor them, you you would respect them, but worship is a word usually reserved for the one who has ultimate control over your life, uh, God. Yeah. 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 And then the other thing I think is interesting to to kind of uh, discuss as a little baby is okay. So where is this house at? So what town are they in? Oh, that's a good question. They're there in uh, well, there's. They're still in Bethlehem, yeah. Well, right? it's, it, I think that's, it's, it seems like it, maybe. Um, why would we oh, say Wait that? a second. <laughs> okay, Matt, we're, Tim and I are sitting here waiting, listening. All right, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Why, why would you say they're in Bethlehem? Well, because that's what the, the prophet said. In you, Bethlehem. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. All right. Well, also, the text says, and he sent them to Bethlehem. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what? So the the Bethlehem prophecy there. What is that? What is that a prophecy about? It's about the coming of the ruler who will shepherd the people of Israel. Yeah, about about his birth, right? Yeah, yeah. So where was Jesus born? In Bethlehem, in Bethlehem. right? But now yeah. this is this is a little time later. So is he still in Bethlehem? Well, I think so. <laughs> You've got Matt and me puzzled. No, no, so we're no. Waiting, we're no I, I think this is. Line. I think this is interesting. And if if you if you check out the Concordia commentary on this, it, yeah. you know there's a suggestion that you know, perhaps they didn't stay in Bethlehem. They're going to come to Bethlehem just for the census, right? So yeah. Caesar Augustus does the census. Uh, Mary and Joseph. They're not residents of Bethlehem. They're residents of of Nazareth. Joseph is a carpenter. Right. Uh, so they make that trip down south to Bethlehem. Um, Jesus is born there, and then um, it, you know. Why is Joseph going to stay for two years in Bethlehem, uh, apart from his his home and his carpenter shop up in Nazareth? You know that kind of idea. Um, so why would they stay there? Um, and yeah, Herod sends Herod uh, is 
is the one who sends them to Bethlehem, uh, but does that the star comes to rest over the house where they're at. Um, that's what leads them to Jesus, ultimately. So was that star resting over a house in Bethlehem or resting over a house in, in Nazareth, maybe? And if it was Nazareth, um, that the killing of the babies and the children in Bethlehem by Herod, boy, how senseless that was, because Jesus wasn't even there. Um, so anyway... Um, <laughs> Well, that's all interesting. Never heard that before. I've, I've so. never heard that either. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, something, something to consider. Have you been drinking? Have no, been drinking? no. This is, this is, this is a no, no. Yeah, unless, unless Jeff Gibbs from the seminary has been drinking. Uh, but no, I, I, uh, no, I, I think that's an interesting thing to consider um, because the text just simply doesn't say that Jesus is in Bethlehem. Um, that's okay. where he was born. The text does say that clearly, uh, but it doesn't say that the child and, and, uh, and Mary and Joseph were in Bethlehem at this time. Um, could they have been? Definitely. Yeah, maybe they stayed there for a couple years uh, in Bethlehem. Maybe they really liked the place, the village. Um, I don't know. But uh, regardless, um, we do know that after this takes place, uh, for the safety of the child, they go to Egypt, right? Uh, that's right. what Joseph is told to do. Now, for that reason, personally, this is me talking, I think you know, maybe they were in Bethlehem because uh, because of that warning to go to Egypt then uh, for the safety of the family before you know Herod uh, goes crazy and, and starts killing children. So, Well, and Matt, I, I think it does answer a controversy. It's not a controversy to us, but one of the big problems was is that he was supposed to be Jesus of Nazareth, and of course, well, how can he be the promised Messiah? Because the Messiah is supposed to be from Bethlehem. And, and, and I think that's the other reason why Matthew is writing this, as you said, to the Jews. He's saying, look, look, no, he is both from Bethlehem and from Nazareth. And here's the story and where he started out and how he finally ended up there uh, in, in that little town of Nazareth as well. Yeah. So, uh, but no, I never heard. So that was Gibbs. That's Gibbs. Yeah. Theory, yeah. That check they might that, not have been check that out. Okay. I think it's intriguing. Uh, and, uh, you know, don't, don't think I'm crazy. The, the, the Oh, we think you're crazy. I know. Anyway, well, well you thought that already. So <laughs> what can right. you do? Uh, but, but it also makes you think about the time, you know, how quickly did the wise men come? You know, is it mm -hmm. that two-year period or is it sooner? But yeah, go ahead. We just don't, yeah, we don't know that one either, do we? You know, we, we know he's a child, not a baby, and, and we know that uh, Herod kills all the babies, all the kids two years and younger, you know, in Bethlehem. So we've got some clues, but what we just don't know. Um, the text doesn't say. Um, yeah. But I think if you asked someone uh, where... Did the Magi go? What city? I think, you know, nine out of ten people at least are going to say Bethlehem, I would assume. Um, and perhaps so. Perhaps so. So, anyway, just something to think about. But, yeah, check that out. Um, but, yeah, as we wrap up, you know, the, the main point today I wanted to make is just that um, as we as we think of, okay, who's in, who's out in the church, uh, who should be included, who should we welcome in our own congregation even, um, it's really not ours to decide. You know, it's not our congregation, it's not our church, it's the Lord's church. Uh, he's the one who calls and gathers and enlightens and sanctifies uh, through the Holy Spirit and through his word. And so uh, when we hear uh, at the end of Matthew's gospel, all nations, and when we see the Magi here at the beginning of Matthew's gospel, I think we're reminded twice you know, it's all people. And and thanks be to God for that. Because uh, because guess who all people includes? Well, it includes me <laughs> and yep. John and Tim. <laughs> and uh, and thanks everyone be to God listening for that. to the and show. Everyone yeah. listening to the show. So before we think, uh, you know, who belongs or who doesn't, uh, 
give thanks to God that he, he uh, calls us to make disciples of all nations, even guys like the Magi. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you, Matt. And uh, next time we'll, we'll be coming back from the warmth of St. Louis. Trust me, I'm getting out of here as soon as I can. <laughs> um, but this has been Wrestling, wrestling with, with the, the Basics. basics.